Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on what time zone you're in. Maybe it's even good evening. To be honest, I've lost track <laughs> because I haven't been sleeping since Jesse's been doing this. Yeah, there's been some arrows coming my way. It's a little bit rough being in Jesse's wake. There's some <laughs> big waves there. But Jesse, wow, what a weekend you have had. Yes, it, it's definitely been intense. Okay, so what we're going to do today, we're actually going to get into the practical application of what Jesse has taught over the last couple of days. Yep. We're going to get into that, but first, oh, I didn't line up a song. Oh, man. You should do a song quick. <laughs> okay, uh, well, you'll have to talk for a minute while I look for a All song. Right. Yes. So, so I'm excited. Yeah. This weekend has, you know, even after Friday, which was a very big reveal, um, it has not stopped. The Lord is continuing to work and that work is only intensifying. So, you know, today we're going to get into some of that, um, and discuss, you know, what's been going on and kind of put a bunch of these pieces that have been building up um, I don't know how long would you say they've been building up for Jeff? Well, you know what? We, when we when we really started uh, claiming the land, and that was you know a couple of months ago, as I was telling that story yeah. about going into the hotels and saying I own this hotel. <laughs> right? Yes. So you know that it seems like that you know began really a couple months ago, and it's just been continuing since and. Um, Last night, you know, I'm going to share about that. And it kind of was the climax of, of all of this. Um, so it'll be exciting to share and to, to go through those uh, applications of, you know, what does reclaiming that land look like in specifically in your community? Um, so I'm excited for this. Oh, for sure. So I'm still trying to dig up a song that's a video yeah, file. Ahead. We had, I just see in the audience here, um, I'll say, Tina, thank you. That is so true. A good reminder. She said, you can actually anoint your shoes and pray and uh, do that before you go into territories um, and give them back to the Lord. So, you know, that really bring anointing is very, very uh, pivotal in this and so that's an excellent idea and that actually ties in with exactly what you were saying before we come on air yeah exactly <laughs> so that's kind Definitely. of amazing how this all happens god certainly is speaking you know through multiple people which is interesting you know it's interesting you see as the lord starts to do a work it's not just one or two people like it across the board all of a sudden you'll see the Lord is saying the same thing to, to all the people. So. Amen. Well, sister, I have a song and okay. then for the audience, I've got a couple videos. So we're going to play a song first. We'll probably talk for a moment after that, but then 
I'm going to play a video that asks the question, is your Bible satanic? Huh? <laughs> I, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, you're go you are going big and risky with that question. <laughs> now, Jesse, is that a fat joke? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Let me share the screen here. Let's pull up a great video. Your grace. 
sounds of John Ackerman with Desperate Plea from the Music in Motion album Supporting the Netherlands, which is still available on Jesse's website, illuminatethedarkness.com. Go to illuminatethedarkness.com and illuminate your mind, but also your ears, because you can listen to that entire album for free, but it is available for purchase. And believe me, the Netherlands needs some help. Yes. And I want to clarify, I think it was Chris Ackerman, but that is still oh. one of my most favorite, favorite songs that's on that album. I love that one. And, you know, especially the thoughts, there's just something about pleading the blood, you know, that is so powerful. It fits right in with what we're talking about today. So I was kind of changing the words in my head there because, you know, on bended knee, making a desperate plea but not to set me free, to bind up the enemy. <laughs> I like that. Let, let's go with that version. We're going to have to talk to him and say, we need to add some verses here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're in full warfare mode now because we are equipping the ecclesia. And as I say, today, we're going to get into the practical application we're going to go through and i just pulled this on jesse like literally before going live but we're going to walk step by step on how to decode perhaps an area or a place so you can do this yourself there's nothing like being shown or discipled into this type of thing because i know in the in the chat on the uh, telegram page and stuff like that people were struggling with it you know it, yeah. it, it's such top level information um, and, you know, so we're going to walk into it. That's right. Absolutely. All right. But if we're going to walk into it, we need to do this by reading our Bibles. And when you're reading your Bible, are you reading a satanic version? I, this is still a great question. <laughs> you know, it, it really needs to be answered and people... You know, as more and more stuff is coming out about the dark side and people are realizing just how much the enemy, you know, has twisted and tried to do things with everything that is of God, you know, that question is in people's minds more and more like, how can I know what's really of God and, and what the enemy has twisted? And so this particular example that I'm going to play, and of course, we're going back to our favorite fundamentalist. <laughs> That's a great name for him. Our favorite and, and by the way, I just want to make a side comment on this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's a fundamentalist. It kind of seems that way. You know, some people call it very legalistic. And, you know, quite honestly, I think those are okay. It's not bad to really want to follow exactly what God says. That's actually a good thing. Right. But what I find just in my own experiences is people who are fundamentalist or really legalistic just tend to lack joy. Yeah. And, and when, and when, if, if you want to evangelize to someone, if, if you have a gift from God and you want them to get the same gift, which is eternal life, if you're miserable, do they want what you have? Not usually. Not usually. You know, but but 
I'll say on the other spectrum, you know, it, it really, e each type is needed. You need, there's moments you need that strong, firm, literal fundamentalist. Um, you know, I've had experiences with that. And sometimes that's what the people needed to hear. You know, they needed somebody who was right in their face with those hardcore truths, challenging them to think about it, you know. So, you know, I think the Lord allows both because there's different people, different things will draw us to Christ. That's why, that's why there's different churches and there's, you know, different things. And sometimes we don't go to a, one church for the, all of our lives. We move to a different one. And, and listen, yeah, you're right. Those, uh, those hardcore, you know, fire brimstone messages have uh, worked on me in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so let me, let me tell you what stood out about this clip, Jesse, uh, because he brings up the morning star. Mm. And to be honest, this is something that has given me confusion in the past. And he points out the exact scriptures that gave the, so I, I really didn't know exactly. I thought I did, you know, but mm. anyway, so, so this is very, he's, he's basically making the case that the King James version is the only version you should read. And I, I don't know if I agree with that 100%. I'll but, say I, I definitely do not agree with that, but you know, this is very controversial. Uh, no, no, actually I won't. So we'll <laughs> see, we'll see how good his biblical study skills are on this information uh, about scripture. So yeah. And, and by the way, I'm not 100% convinced either, uh, you know, yeah. uh, for, for the base, basic reason, I think God can keep a book intact, even if it changes a bit, but this yeah. is a major flaw that he points out. So let me share the screen one more time. Oh, wrong one. I want to go to this one. Here we go. Does it seem like God takes pretty seriously somebody tampering with his word? Now, I don't know about you, but if God's telling me that the people who actually are the ones who are purposely changing God's word, and obviously someone somewhere along the line purposely changed God's word, right? The Bible says that these people are doomed and damned for doing such a thing. Wouldn't that make you afraid of these versions i mean to think like you know oh well i'm just gonna go to a church that uses one of these versions. let me show you right now that these versions are not just inferior to the king james it's not just well the king james is the best one i'm gonna show you and prove to you listen to me now that these versions are satanic you say, no, Pastor Anderson, I don't believe it. I do not believe that the, the these new versions of the bible are actually satanic i just think that they're not as good as the king james i'm gonna prove to you right now how satanic they are because the people who would do such a thing are satanic they are reprobate they are sons of belial now let me prove it to you uh we're going to use the niv as an example but we could be using other ver i mean all the versions are pretty much the same except the king james i mean they all do the same things they all make the same changes the niv is the most popular version out there of these modern bible versions if you walked into a Christian bookstore and just said, give me a Bible, I mean, they're probably going to put an NIV in your hand. Now, Brother Garrett's got an NIV in his hand, and I'm going to show you beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that the NIV is a satanic book, okay? Look at Revelation 22, 16 again. It says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. Who is the morning star according to the Bible? Jesus Christ. Read for me Revelation 22, 16 from the NIV. You look down at your King James Bible. Read it nice and loud, Brother Garrett. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Now, doesn't the NIV say pretty much the same thing in this verse, that Jesus is the morning star? Doesn't it say that? Okay. Now, there's one other place. Go to Revelation 2. I'm going to show you one other place that mentions the morning star. Is everybody on the same page so far? In Revelation 22, both the King James and the NIV both said that Jesus is the morning star. Okay? Go back to Revelation 2 quickly, and I'll just show you this. It says in verse 26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father, and I will give him the morning star. Okay, that's the only other mention in the Bible of the morning star. Now go to Isaiah 14, 12. Isaiah 14, 12. And look down at your Bible there. I'm going to read for you from the King James Bible. Follow along. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Now, let me ask you this. Who is Lucifer? Satan. Satan. I mean, if we were to walk down the street today and ask people, Who is Lucifer? Pretty much everybody would tell us the same thing, wouldn't they? They'd tell us, Well, Lucifer is Satan. And those who worship Satan, they always call him by the name of Lucifer. Have you noticed that? I mean, they always talk about Lucifer this, Lucifer that. And, and people who are Satanists, they worship Lucifer. Now, let's read about Lucifer here. And by the way, did you know that this is the only verse in the whole Bible that says the word Lucifer? Did you know that? Isaiah 14, 12 tells us the name of Satan, Lucifer. Look at verse 13. Why is he being uh, cast out or fallen from heaven? It says, Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So what was it about Lucifer that caused him to be uh, cast out of heaven and cast down into hell? What was it? He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like the Most High. He wanted to ascend into heaven and exalt his star throne above the stars of God. Now, people will often wrongfully say he wanted to take the place of God, but that's not what he said. He said, I will sit, halfway through verse 13, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. And he said, I will be like the Most High. He didn't want to become God in the sense of taking place of God. He wanted to become a God. And that is exactly what the Mormon religion teaches. That is exactly what the Latter-day Saint religion teaches, that man can become a god. And that's what Satan tempted him with in the Garden of Eden. When he said, if you eat of this fruit, he said, you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. And that's what the Mormon church today teaches, that you will be as gods. You will be your own god of your own planet someday. You will be a god. That was the sin of Lucifer here. So this is a really famous passage about Lucifer's sin that caused him to be cast down. Now, 
read for me nice and loud. And remember, before Garrett reads it, what was it that Lucifer did that caused him to be cast down to hell? He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like the Most High, right? Okay. Go ahead, Brother Garrett. Read it nice and loud. You look down at your Bible while Brother Garrett reads Isaiah 14, 12 from the NIV. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Okay. So, in the King James Bible, who's being cast out of heaven? Starts with an L. Who's being cast out of heaven in the NIV? The morning star. And who does the NIV say the morning star is? Jesus. So tell me that these people are not of Satan. Tell me that that book is just, well, it's not quite as good, but it's what people like. It's popular. One time I was talking to an assistant pastor of a Baptist church and I showed him all these errors in the NIV. And he said, well, I know the NIV has got a lot of problems, but you know, it's just what people use. And so that's why I'm going to preach. It's what people want. It's the most popular one. That's why I'm going to use it. No, it's satanic. I mean, to sit there and remove the name of Lucifer, to protect his name from a negative connotation. Because all these New Agers, all these people that are into New Age religion and mysticism and Gnosticism and Satanism, they all talk about how wonderful Lucifer is. And that New Age Bible version that he's holding in his hand basically removes Lucifer's name from a passage that's a negative connotation. And instead of Lucifer being cast out of heaven, has Jesus being cast out of heaven. So in the NIV, the only mention of the morning star is to say that it's Jesus and to have him be cast out of heaven for what? For trying to be as the Most High. Jesus is as the Most High. And basically the NIV is accusing him of being a fraud. He really is God. Jesus really is as the Most High. Jesus does also sit in the sides of the North. His throne is, you know, the throne of God and of the Lamb. I mean, he's at the right hand of the Father. Yes, well, I have some uh, complaints oh. and, oh, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have some big disagreements with some things that he failed to really bring out about some of those things. Um, this actually is one of the big discussions in seminary that they get into. And so if you go back to that first verse that he mentioned, um, you know, and, and you compare the verses when it's talking about the morning star, one of the major words he left out in there was that about Jesus, it says he is the bright morning star. And when you go back um, and really study those passages, um, you know, yes, Lucifer was known as the morning star. And part of that had to do with his job, you know, that he literally dwelt in the presence of of the lord he was you know considered one of the seraphim and if you um you know study what the seraphim do those are the angels that are specifically assigned to cover the glory of the lord not just you know any glory or any radiance it's a shekinah glory so they literally dwell like in the presence of God and they cover his glory with their wings. And why is that? Because, you know, scripture tells us all throughout that, you know, we can't see the face of God because, 
you know, it's so brilliant. It's so amazing. Um, you know, it alludes that to the fact that, you know, there, that we would die or perish if we saw the fullness of, of who God was. Um, well, when Moses saw just the tailings of him going away, he got this like super glow natural tan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and his face was so bright, he had to cover it. They veiled him. So yeah. the other people, like when he appeared before other people, you know, it's like when you get that like a, you know, polarized flash, you know, when the sun's shining bright and you get, <laughs> you know, it could almost blind you. Um, that's exactly what was happening with Moses, where if they looked at him, like it was just this blinding light that they couldn't even look at. Um so first, you know, they left out that, you know, there's the difference between the morning star and the morning star was cast from heaven. That's what the Old Testament teaches us. Um, but then you have in Revelations, you know, you've got this whole thing where you have Satan. He's trying to rise to the throne. He's trying to usurp God and be God. And then you have the sun and you know, there's some beautiful things that, you know, I always, what I've learned is that you have to go back, you have to compare both the Old and the New Testament to the original languages they're written in, because that's how we know which of these, you know, Bible versions are, are false and which ones are credible. And it will come through the interpretation. So, you know, one of the important things is, you know, as you're looking at those original versions, there's very specific words. Um, in Genesis, you know, we learn God created all things and he did that through his word. And so it's literally, you know, the breath of God proceeded forth and his thoughts, what he desired, literally took physical form. So we've got, as you bring out all the time, Jeff, you know, it happens first in the spiritual and then it manifests in the physical. So all of creation was manifested according to God's will. However, what does scripture tell us about Jesus? He is the only begotten son. That word is, is very, very, very important to understand um, when you look at the Hebrew, it literally, like the best picture that they could use to describe the word begotten is it's almost like you've got this tree and you get this splinter of wood that comes off the tree. Okay, so literally the sun was not a breath that proceeded forth from God's mouth. The sun literally was a piece of the fullness of God that took and manifest in physical form. And, and so, you know, as Satan tries to come in, you know, he wants to take that position. He wants to sit on that throne and be God, which is who's, who's right. That's Jesus's right. That as the son, he is one with the father and the Holy Spirit, and they will be one and rule in the fullness of the triune Godhead. Um, so, 
you know, now we get to revelations, you know, and, and there's pictures here, the morning star, you know, a lot of the scholars will say that that represents the rising of the sun, uh, the literal, you know, S-U-N sun. Um, a lot of occultists, you know, will get into that, that you have this whole image of Ra and, you know, the sun that is rising in its fullness. So, you know, that's where some of that comes from, that he's that bright morning star, that, that light that appears in the place of God. Like he's trying to appear more brilliant with more glory than God himself, who is all glory. And so in Revelations, it's clarified. Lucifer is not the morning star. Who is the bright morning star? Who's the one who's going to fulfill all of the word of God and bring it to fruition and be the sovereign Lord over it? Who's going to rule the day and the night? The bright morning star. Who holds all the glory? God, well, Jesus Christ. So Jesse, I've so, always thought, and particularly because I've seen so many churches, you know, I've even attended one that was called the morning star. Right. So you know, the morning star, I, I've always said, okay, that's the sun rising. Well, the son of God did rise and he, he's bright. He's the light of the world. So all the, all that made sense to me. However, when you look at that comparison, going back to Isaiah, and it takes the name of Lucifer out and puts the morning star in there, that's, I'll tell you, because because when I read that, uh, you know, a long time ago, I thought, well, are these morning star churches false churches? Like, I don't, honestly, I, and I, and, you know, I still don't have the 100% answer here. Uh, yeah. but and, and there is, a, there is a lot of changes. It, you know, I would agree. I'm not, I'm not an NIV person. At the same time, I definitely have proven, you know, in my own personal studies that the King James itself, there are so many changes when you compare it to the original Hebrew and the Greek. Um, you know, it, it's, we're talking, you know, into the multiple thousands of changes that happen in the King James from the original Hebrew and Greek. Well, and, and so you know. let, let's just, I, I do want to say this, and I've said this many times on air before, look, if God can put together the, the whole universe, you know, the, this whole planet and how everything works together perfectly, he can keep a book together. So, That's right. you know, but, but we have to remember, like, you know, when uh, the, uh, the Hebrew language changed over time and it was symbols and symbols yeah. changed and the, the words changed a bit and then it's transposed into Greek and and it was done with great diligence mm -hmm. it, even in the greek language like just look at the letter the the word love and how many versions of love they have where you know we have one we have one word that says love now we can say love different ways like love, you know and then it might mean something a little bit different but you know what i mean we're limited right. in the language so you know but i think i think it, it was translated well but Listen, I'll tell you one thing. Here's where I here's where I land on this. I'm gonna buy a large font 
King James because I can't read my King James now. It's too small. <laughs> Even my readers don't work. <laughs> right. So I, I so I've been using the uh, the the American Standard is uh, is the one I really like it actually. Um, yeah, that one large is. Font. Yeah, and the New American Standard is what I found you know is closest in translation to the Hebrew and the Greek. So that's the yeah, one that yeah. I use as well. But I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy one maybe even today, and uh, I'm gonna start compare. comparing. Yeah, compare that. You know that I would encourage people to do that. That's what I did. You know, years ago was I actually bought five different versions, and the Jerusalem Bible was one of them. And I would just you know compare and contrast and go across the board and see where where are the differences, and what do those changes or differences, you know, is it just a grammatical thing? Is it, you know, where they're actually removing a word or adding a word? Um, you know, are they misinterpreting the Hebrew or the Greek? You know, I had the Hebrew and the Greek in there as well. So, you know, there I was comparing everything against those original languages. Yeah. So, and the New King James, so that's, you know, one of my biggest um, things against it is that, you know, you've got, after they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, you had the original Hebrew interpretation for some of these books. Um, but before that, you had, you know, where the Jews had been taken captive. So, you know, that they translated the what was in the Hebrew to Aramaic. And then that Aramaic was translated back into the Greek um, versus, you know, you just have later the Greek. So um, it was in that translating back from Aramaic to Greek where you get some of those changes that I think, you know, in the new King James take away from the original, or some of them are, you know, outright errors um, from the original. So, and it really changes the meaning of the passage. So, yeah. And listen, it, but really the, the revelation can only comes by God. That's absolutely true. And, you know, you know we can't Lord count on manly, but, you know, God can paint it. And, you know, listen, if his, if his hand can come down and write it on the, on the wall, right, which has right. been on, I've, want to do a show on that soon because that fits into the day uh but he can write it on your heart too and you know Absolutely. yeah his like word einstein is couldn't understand the bible because he didn't have the holy spirit or right. may, at that time he probably didn't I, whether he got saved or not i don't know but yeah it's interesting and, and by the way I, I see someone in the chat saying you know expose this uh Stephen Anderton as a for a heretic. I don't know if he's a heretic. Uh, well, the one thing I'll say is I believe the teaching, and I've only watched his Revelation series teaching. I've been watching on other people. He's made me think more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a good at challenging, and I think we both appreciate that about him. Yeah, he's not afraid to bring forward those those aspects of scripture that really are challenging and make people dive deep and really have to think and meditate and wrestle with God over the truth of his word. So that's right. And, you know, and one of my other favorite teachers is, uh, is Chuck Missler, but Chuck Missler will say, well, there, you know, people will think this and people will think this and people will think this and he'll give all the different opinions. But 
what I like about this guy is he just he just is like you know he takes one lane and it's like nobody else is right. You don't have to agree, but it's challenging. It is challenging, and I think that you know I love that, and I'll I'll again say you know we all need to be wrestling with this. We need to, you know, the only person who can reveal the truth to us is the Lord. So we need to be saying, okay, Lord, show me which version of the Bible do you want me thinking on and meditating on and reading. The Lord uses all of them. You know, there, there, how many people have come to Christ through the King James Bible? You know, how many people have come to Christ through the NIV? The Lord can even work through, you know, those things that the enemy may have slyly slipped in you know, and still bring people to their knees and to him. So. Well, listen, the, the NIV application study Bible uh, was, you know, the first 15 years of, of my, you know, time. That's what I was using in the concordance and stuff like that. It was good, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do more comparisons. That's all I'm saying. So it's a challenge to me. Maybe it's a challenge to you. So should we, should we do the Apollon thing as we segue yeah. into the teaching, Jesse? Definitely. Because this is another spot that you're probably going to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) And and actually, I think, and this is just on my own understanding, but I think I've got kind of the middle ground on this. But let me play another clip from our favorite fundamentalist. (laughs) I like that title for him. (laughs) Our favorite fundamentalist. It's time. <laughs> it's time. So this really ties in with what you've been sharing, Jesse. And the reason it does is because you've named some deities, and one of them was Apollon. <laughs> I can't believe the way you just said that. <laughs> Total mis, uh, mispronunciation, but I now can, you just gave me a big clue as to what direction well, this is going. Well, Abad- well, Abaddon, the same thing, right? Abaddon? Okay, Let, let's listen. Yes, it's the same spirit, Abaddon, Apollon, same, yeah. uh, same spirit. in chapter number 20, verse number one, the Bible reads, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now, the first thing I want to point out is about the angel of the bottomless pit here. It says that an angel came down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit, and this angel lays hold on the devil and casts him into the bottomless pit or hell. Flip back, if you would, to Revelation chapter 9. I'm going to show you the identity of this angel that casts Satan into the bottomless pit. The Bible says in Revelation 9:11, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. So here the Bible tells us that the angel of the bottomless pit is called Abaddon or Apollyon. Now, what's funny about this is that a lot of people believe that Apollyon or Abaddon is a name for Satan. 
You know, I know when I was growing up, I was always taught that. And it comes from Pilgrim's Progress, because there's a book called Pilgrim's Progress that was written hundreds of years ago. And in that book, uh, Apollyon is Satan. And so because so many people have read that book, that idea has gotten into people's minds that Abaddon or Apollyon is Satan. Well, first of all, the book Pilgrim's Progress also teaches that a person can lose their salvation. And it teaches a lot of other false doctrines. So we should never make a fictional book our authority. We should go to the Bible. Because in the Bible, it's very clear that Apollyon is not the devil. Because in chapter 20, what do we see? The angel of the bottomless pit. It says, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So this angel that has the key to the bottomless pit cannot be Satan because he is grabbing Satan and throwing him into the bottomless pit. The other thing that doesn't make any sense about saying that Apollyon is Satan is that in chapter 9, God is pouring out his wrath upon the unbelievers, the unsaved world. And it is God who is sending the locusts from hell with the fifth trumpet judgment that we see there in Revelation chapter 9. So if God is sending these locusts from hell to torment the wicked, to torment the unsaved, the unbelievers, why would God's judgment be carried out by locusts that have a king over them, which is Satan? See how that doesn't make any sense? You know, can Satan cast out Satan? I mean, if you look at when God's pouring out his wrath with the trumpet judgments and the vile judgments, he pours out his wrath upon the kingdom of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues from man. Remember, Satan is the one putting the beast and the Antichrist and the false prophet. He's putting those people in power. He's the one who is on the side of the forces of evil. So it really would not make any sense to say that Satan is leading an army against his own kingdom, against his own uh, rulers. So it makes absolutely no sense. It's a completely uh, fabricated doctrine. Now, the word Abaddon... It says that in the Greek tongue, his name's Apollyon, but in the Hebrew tongue, it's Abaddon. Now, the word Abaddon does not appear in our English Bible anywhere else, but the Bible is telling us here that Abaddon is a Hebrew word, right? Well, if you go back to the Hebrew Bible, you'll see the word Abaddon over and over and over again. And basically, Abaddon means destruction. And if you look up in the Old Testament, there are many times that God sends a destroying angel. Like, for example, if you remember, there's an angel that's standing with a drawn sword over Jerusalem when David sins and numbers the people. Then there's an angel that's going to destroy Jerusalem. Or also there's the angel that God sends at the Passover, this death angel that's going to uh, kill the firstborn of all the Egyptians. Okay, So this particular angel, Abaddon or Apollyon, is an angel that God uses throughout the Bible to carry out judgments and destruction upon the wicked. And that's what we see here. So don't let anybody fool you into thinking that Abaddon or Apollyon is a wicked angel or that it's a fallen angel or that it's Satan. No, this is one of God's angels that carries out his will. You see, the devil does not rule and reign in hell. You know, saying that these locusts that come out of the bottomless pit are ruled over by a king, Apollyon, and then to say that Apollyon is Satan, basically it's like you're saying that Satan is the king of hell. And that's basically what the devil wants you to believe in. And, and you know, the mantra or the motto of Satan worshipers, here's what they say. 
it's better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. That's a common statement that you'll hear people say that worship the devil, that worship Lucifer or Satan. They say better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. And they think that the devil rules and reigns in hell and that he will give them power and authority over the kingdoms of hell. You know, that is a bizarre thing to think because what the Bible teaches is, first of all, the devil's never even been to hell. The first time the devil goes to hell is right here in Revelation 20, verses 1 and 2, when the devil is cast by Apollyon into hell and bound there a thousand years. And look, he's going there to be punished. He's going there to be tormented. He's not going to be down there ruling and reigning. He's going to be down there suffering and in torment because God is the one who created hell. God is the one who rules and reigns over hell. God is the one who has all authority, both in heaven and in hell. And everywhere. The Bible talks about people in hell being tormented in the presence. <laughs> All right, go, Jesse. Yes, no, I, I, I will start with, I, I have an agreement with Pastor Anderson on one thing. Um, I would agree that Avedon is not Satan. Um, so, you know, well, and, and you know this for a fact. Yeah, yeah, I know this for a fact. Um, he does, you know, he does go by both names. You know, his Hebrew name is Avedon. His uh, Greek name is Ap Apollyon. And, um, you know, my experiences with him come out of, you know, the, some of the government experiments under Michael Aquino and John Brennan. And um, so, you know, he he runs some of those programs um, with CERN, with DARPA, with HARP. Um, there's other survivors who testify, you know, Kathy O'Brien, uh, Fiona Barnett. They've talked about, you know, the projects they were in, like the Looking Glass or things like that. And, um, you know, what is the entity that they name that is head over those programs? They, they say Apollo, which is that's another, that's a shortened version of Apollon. So, um, you know, there's multiple com confirmations that this spirit, you know, is working overseeing big governmental things. Um, you know, I definitely agree, you know, his major job is destruction. You know, he is one of those beings that, um, you know, we talk in scripture about the wrath of God and he has, you know, in the Old Testament, he'll even say, I think it's Ezekiel 13 is one of those passages where he talks about his weapons of indignation. And he implies that those are specific warriors. Uh, those are beings, those are humans. Um, but the Lord has individuals that he has set apart and their job is to carry out or bring forth his wrath. So Avedon is one of those individuals that is his job. Um, I, I once, you know, I had an interesting conversation with a Jewish friend once. Um, you know, he agreed with what Pastor Anderson was saying was that, you know, Avedon is, is not um, demonic. And, you know, he pushed that... Um, that Avedon, you know, was comparable in, in that crowd with Michael and Gabriel and, you know, that really he's a good angel. Um, uh, 
that was not my experience, <laughs> you know? So I have to say, I, I disagree with that. Now, there's some interesting things that have happened, you know, as I prayed for the individual who hosts Avedon, um, you know, years and years ago, um, you know, I spent probably like a week fasting and praying for his salvation. And the Lord said to me, um, I have moved this mountain. That's all I got was that he had moved the mountain. And I took that to believe that there would come the day when that host, you know, would come to Christ. Um, so it's interesting, you know, that you bring out the, the whole thing about who holds the keys, who, who binds Satan, you know, whose job is it? Um, you know, I agree with all those things. They're very scriptural. Um, the part, you know, th that passage is really interesting when you study in the Greek. You, it, there's some interesting things that happen with the tenses. So you have this passage in Revelations 20, which is a prophetic book about future things. The entire passage of Revelations 20 is written in futuristic tenses in the, in the Greek, except for one section. The section that is not written in future tense, it's actually written in past tense. And that's the part where it says, and he bound Satan. The he bound part is literally written in past tense. So you have this section where it goes completely out of proper tenses. And you have in a futuristic setting, you have one portion that is past tense. That is very interesting, but, but it doesn't make sense to me now. <laughs> Well, if you think about it, I mean, think of, you know, think of our salvation, like this is probably the closest explanation. Um, scripture tells us that if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're saved. So it's a done work. It, it's completed. It's finished. However, we know that we still are in the process of being saved as we work our way through sanctification, as we, you know, work our way through, we're, we're living out the completion of that work. And so, you know, you've got these processes that are described in scripture that are past, present, and future. You know, God foreknew, if he foreknew you were going to come to Christ, but you haven't come to Christ yet, what position are you in? Are you saved or are you not saved? If God foreknew you were saved, what, what are you? You're saved. So in the same way with this passage, God already decreed, it's already set in stone. Satan is bound. Yeah. It's not something in the future. He, it's already happened, even though it hasn't Come to, now I get it. And, and listen, it always just, it just comes back to he's the alpha, the omega. Time is a measurement stick that we've created. Right. Right. Uh, when Like these things are going to make sense when we're in our new form. <laughs> you know, it's like, how, how do you explain the things that we have no words for? Exactly. So, 
All right, Jesse, just before we move on, because I want to get to the practical application part, you had shared a story about this particular angel and you went, I don't know if you, I'm not, I can't say it, but you went and spent a little bit of time going into a certain building. Can you share that on air? Um, which building are you particular or? It has a steeple and it has some people. Oh yes. Okay. So <laughs> I went several places, so I had to clarify which, which story you were talking about. Yeah. So, um, with this, you know, I, I share in my book, um, his kingdom comes in power, which is available on Amazon, this story. And it involved the individual who was the host for Avedon. And I had, you know, childhood connections with this person. So from childhood, um, the system was trying to um, make blood packs or links soul ties between me and this individual and the spirit of Avedon. And um, so, you know, later, you know, I hadn't seen him since he was nine years old. And then, you know, I got to age 18 and I was at a university and the system brought him back into my life. But, you know, I didn't recognize him because I hadn't seen him for so many years. And um, how they did that was, you know, um, long story short, they ended setting it up. So I had to have a tutor and that's the individual they chose as my tutor. Well, so for a whole year, I was stuck, you know, having to meet with this person for, a, you know, like a couple hours every single day. So and, this is the host. Yeah, this is the host. Avalon. Right. And what was interesting is that, you know, they had said, you know, that we had to all have tutors. Basically, we had a class that, you know, had 400 students. The, the very first test that the professor puts up there had nothing to do with the chapter at all. I mean, it was so off that I went up to the professor and I said, hey, I think you put up the wrong test. And he looked me straight in the eyes and said, maybe you should have studied better. And I, I'm a meticulous note taker. So, you know, I mean, I even take notes on the tangents that they go off on because anything can end up on a test, you know? So after the fourth time he did this, all each time, all 400 students for the first four weeks of this class failed. Like we're not talking like, you know, C's, D's. I mean, all of us failed. And instead of admitting that the professor was putting up the wrong tests, the school made all 400 students get tutors. And so this is how they forced me into this position, having to meet with this individual. Well, you know, so we start meeting and, you know, at the time, like the Lord kind of just put this veil over my eyes. I, I wasn't getting the whole picture, you know, right away. And I had a lot of questions and, you know, it's literally I'd bring my biology book and instead of studying biology, the entire time he, he would go off on these stories about old battles like you know the civil war and he'd be talking battle strategy and i would be sitting there almost falling asleep so bored and i'd be like why why does this guy go on and on about this stuff like who cares about you know specific battle strategies from the civil war you know like i mean i just 
totally was not in the space for warfare at that moment, you know, and just wasn't getting it. And, um, you know, finally, you know, after it was towards the end of the year where all of a sudden, you know, one day he just called me out of the blue and that was the, the shifting point, you know, he outright on that phone, you know, told me that he had the spirit of Avedon and Apollon. And when he said those words, it was like, all of a sudden this light bulb comes on and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the demon of destruction in Revelations. And, and then he proceeded, you know, to the next time we had to meet at the school, he proceeded to tell me that, you know, he had every intention of taking me out, but the Lord was withholding his hand. And so I was just like, what in the world is going on? And, I, you know, I was praying through this whole situation and what happens right after he tells me that, you know, it's like the next day I'm there and, you know, I knew he was at work, the host of him. And I'm walking through the hallways at the school. And as I'm walking past the phone, you know, that's hanging on the wall, the Lord says to me, call him, invite him to church tonight. And I was like, what? Like this guy just, you know, threatened that he might try to kill me. And you want me to bring him to church, God. And this is the spirit of destruction. Like, what are you thinking, God? You know, so I mean, I argued with God, but I literally could not go anywhere. Like the Lord kind of like literally froze my feet. So I'm just standing there before this phone and the Lord's like, call him and invite him to church. And I'm like, how can this be your will, God? Like, (laughs) why would you ever have me bring someone with such a high level demonic spirit to church, right? And finally, you know, the the thought I thought was going to save me was I was like, oh, oh, he's working tonight. It's Wednesday. He's working. Hallelujah. Even if I call him, he's going to say, I can't come. I'm at work, right? That's not what happened. I call him and he happened to, of all days in the world, happen to have the day off. So he was available. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I was really arguing with God. It was like, I don't understand what you're doing, Lord. So, so I go to pick him up and it was one of those moments probably the scariest moment of my life. I mean, you know, I had been in the presence of these demonic generals, been in the presence of Satan, but what I saw radiating from this individual scared me to death, literally. Like I was ready to lock my car door and drive off as fast as I could, but something, you know, the Lord was kind of just holding me fast. And the Lord was like, no, like let him in your car. And he got in. The first thing he tried to do was turn off the Christian radio. And I just slapped his hand. I was like, no, it stays on, you know? And uh, so this was a very polite individual, you know, never was he rude or mean. And so we get to the church, you know, and the interesting thing was um, as we walk in there, there was a lady in my church that was a prophetess So we're walking in the door and I had never talked about this individual. I was embarrassed that I had to have a tutor. Okay. So 
nobody knew who this was. They were used to me bringing, you know, I did street evangelism. So I always had very interesting individuals that I brought to church, you know, so my church was used to that. But what was unique was that we walk in the door. And as we do, this prophetess came walking towards us. And all of a sudden, he just like went walking straight up to her and said her name. He said, hello, you know, so-and-so. And I was sitting there like, how in the world does he know who she is, right? And all of a sudden, she kind of was just like, she kind of like stumbled back and went against the wall. And then she turned and, and kind of walked away. And at that point, you know, we went, we went down to the church area where everybody was meeting and we just sat down and, you know, he was polite. We sat through the whole church service and then, you know, I took him home and stuff. And what was interesting was that night that woman came over to my house and she's like, do you know who you brought to church with you tonight? And I was like, yes. And she just outright, she said, you know, you brought Satan into our church. And I was just sitting there like, God told me to. <laughs> like, I mean, I had no other answer. Hey, well, the interesting thing, remember I told you there was a difference in him that night when I picked him up, that that there was a change, a difference, that it was so evil. Like I just wanted to run and drive away. And so it was almost like a confirmation that what I had felt, like there was something spiritually going on that was far beyond what I could describe. Um, you know, that's that very week, by the end of the week, the church split in half half the church left. So, you know, we talk about this demon of destruction. What does he come to do? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, you know, God, I, you know, I believe when I look back through that, God in his sovereignty knew about that church split. For whatever reason, he allowed me to see that and that spirit to come into the church and you know, those things transpired. So it was uh, interesting. Jesse, I, I, I got I to jump in here because so, oh, first of all, it's always sad when a church splits, but you know, it's God's will, you know, sometimes things happen and it's sad. I've been through a few church splits. They're not, not fun, but here we have the spirit in revelation that binds up Satan, who's going to cast him into the pit He's your tutor. God tells you to call him and you, and he wants to kill you, but God told him he can't. And you end up going to church with him. And then he might've been swapped out for Satan in that host. That's a, yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's. (laughs) Can can you not see the humor in this? (laughs) God God has. I can see the cartoon. Jesse goes to church with Satan. (laughs) Right? It's like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, at that point, you know, like you're out of the system and and you're trying to follow God's will and you're like, God, can't I just get away from the system and all these crazy things? Like, all the stuff from my childhood just kept coming back and resurfacing. <laughs> Listen, 
as I say, if you can't find the humor in this story, like looking back, it might have been scary at the time. I don't know, but it would be scary for me, I would think. But man, look back, that is a funny story. Like you could you a stand-up comedian couldn't make that up. <laughs> no, no I mean, <laughs> yes, it's totally hilarious when you go back and look at it and, and then you know it's like <laughs> this is crazy, you know, but like I said, he was, he was, he was a nice person, you know, but, but the things that were with him were just, you know, in my experience, no matter how much anybody tries to convince me that Avedon is a good being, you know, that just was not my experience. <laughs> so. Yeah. And listen, and, and I didn't buy into that either. Uh, what, what he said there, but the, the one thing I would say is, you know, if he has an, an well, it's an angel one way or the other angel right. demon, uh, even the demons have to obey God because we know that when Satan himself goes into the throne room, he has to obey God. Now he's like a lawyer. He tries to petition God and, tries to use legalistic things and but you know they have to so you know if uh you know maybe god just uh created this uh, one dude for uh for destruction yeah he has a job but, but to do. it's powerful it shows you know how you know as the enemy has set up the system you know think of all of these you know government programs projects um you know all of these things that were under aquino brennan they were all under the headship of that spirit, Avedon. And yet, even, you know, though he's been aiding, he's been helping, he's been, you know, doing things that we would say would be, you know, Satan's kingdom work, you know, he, he's been doing Satan's kingdom work. But in the end, even he cannot go against what God has decreed for him to do, which is going to include you know, binding Satan and throwing him into that pit of hell, which he opens, you know, so, so it's interesting, it, as the story unfolds, you know, we have these real characters, you know, this individual is one of the prime people that is overseeing things behind the scene for CERN, which we've talked about that. What does that deal with? The, the spiritual oh, gates? The yeah, portal. they won't open up all the gates at once. That's Right. And, and so, you know, it's like all but of he's these He's a nice guy. Are... He just wants to hold a door open. <laughs> right. You know? It's like, what happened to <laughs> chivalry? Just open Jessica? one door, you know, let all the little locust demonic things come through, you know, which are going to torture, you know, everybody who doesn't know God. But, um, you know, so it's interesting that we're we're literally seeing God's word unfold in our day. We are. Know? And and so I wanted to use this as a segue into, you know, the stuff you've been bringing out, Jesse, because there really is a shift in the air and we've felt it coming for a while. And a lot of the things we've been talking about on this show have been leading up to this. And so you know, if you're new to this show, uh, some of what Jesse shared on Friday and, and, you know, has been sharing over this weekend is so way out there. But listen, when, again, going back to military, if you want to attack the enemy's camp, if you want, and, and by the way, in war, typically you take land. Yeah. You take land. And so to, you want to weaken the other side. 
you want to take out their communications. You want to take out their supplies so they don't eat. They get started. You know, their, their, their legs become weak. You know, you, you attack this way. And what Jesse has been bringing out is, hey, why not take down the generals? Yep. Because this is where they get their power from. We get our power through Jesus Christ, through his name. And when we can attack, we invoke his, it's his power. It's not us. That's but right. they get their power from these entities who are, you know, are ushering in the false Christ. Right. So, Jesse, why don't we go through a real example of how people can use this? I'm going to call it technology, um, for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah. But, you know, our warfare tech. Um, As a cipher know. key, you know, for warfare, it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what, what the word that came to me on, uh, on Friday was not clues, keys. Yes. So a lot of people, when they watch the show on Friday, and I'm not speaking for everyone, obviously, uh, but I've seen in the chats and things like that, that people just really don't know how to apply it because you were showing the one picture with that gate and it was, it's, it's a very, it's a complicated picture to yeah. start out with, but you know, there's clues and signs all around us. And when you said like, like let's make a difference in our community, mm-hmm. you can see who rules over what areas and things like that. So Jesse, give us a practical example of how to discover something in an area how to know which spirit it is and then how we pray against it. And maybe we'll join in and together in our togetherness, we're going to pray for that one specific area today. Sounds good. Well, well, let's pick an area, Jeff, just pick, let's just pick a random city and state and we're going to have to go on, you know, you'll have to screen share. We're going to kind of walk people through this. All right. So, So, and I'll give you permission to screen share. So what was on my heart first thing this morning, honestly, was uh, Los Angeles. That's okay. that's my hometown. And uh, I'm far from there now. But Los okay. Angeles. Go ahead I and give say. me the ability to screen share. You've got it now. Okay. Let me look here. And just hang tight with us here as we're... Going to do this live. Yeah. Oh, I lost you here, Jeff. Gotta go to the screen share. All right. <clears throat> so as we go to this, so let's just say, you know, I've talked about probably, you know, where you're gonna most see these um, signs and symbols, you know, is is gonna be flags. So let's start with, um, I'm going to just put in, since we're, um, studying a certain area, hopefully I spelled that right. Um, so let's start with the flag of St. of St. Angeles or Los Angeles. Sorry. Um, trying to see if I can get it bigger there. Nope. That's not what I want. It opened up a different window, yeah. Yeah. Can I make that bigger? 
Okay. I don't know what my computer's doing. Not what I want it to do. Um, <clears throat> that's interesting. It says pink hot dogs <laughs> as we're looking up the flag. Give me one sec with these technical difficulties here. Trying to get that back. All right. So what I wanted to look at. I, I think if you go see, back you to the other up? window, Jesse, just one, one. I'm trying to, yeah. No, no, no. So right behind it. Go to the tab right behind it. Because I think this one is open in another tab. Oh, okay. I yeah, guess not. No. Yeah, no. What it did was it went, like I said, it decided to have problems here. Hmm. I was trying to see if I could get the emblem where it showed the emblem larger. I can get a nice good picture. There we go. All right. So can everybody, can you see that? Okay. That emblem. And we're going to, for the Podbean audience is just listening. So we're looking at the center of the flag, the emblem, and we're going to describe the things that really stand out in it. Yeah. So, so when we, when we're interpreting this, you know, we really start at that very middle section. And as you can see, this section is actually broken into four, five areas. Um, you know, so it's pretty spread out here. Like if we were thinking, you know, we talked about the, the thing that I showed and deciphered, you know, you'd have that diamond shape that shows the spiritual gates, okay? So what this is literally telling us is that with the city of Los Angeles, interestingly enough, it doesn't have any direct access points for travel to those nine major gates. And also ironically, it is telling us that none of those nine demonic generals um, are directly overseeing this city. Um, so it's not, you don't have just one or two or three that are directly overseeing. And as we know, what is it called? It's called the city of angels. Okay. So you don't have per se one of those generals in particular who has complete reign of the city. So that's kind of interesting. It kind of goes along with the names that well, uh, yeah, and there's a big population. Angel, so yeah, you know, maybe, send a, maybe send a, uh, a legion. <laughs> right. Right. So what you have here is this, the four, symbols that we see in the middle this is going to be describing the secondary spirits that are in control of that city you know so it looks like we've got four of them and you know those four seem to line up we've got these um what is it one two three four five six seven points um so you've got seven secondary spirits that are in charge of the city and I talked about in the show, you know, we've got this space here. The, the space is important because, 
you know, in that space, we've got these secondary spirits here who are in charge. Um, and you've got three distinct ones. The importance of, of the land pictures or the fruit, okay, that's going to tell you things that, you know, they're, they're selling stuff here. So they're telling that if we do a map of Los Angeles, these three areas, the north, the east, and the west are going to be offering different types of fruit. Um, you know, it's not going to be good fruit that you want to eat. We're talking, you know, major sins. Um, so that's kind of what that's describing, that there's going to be, and because it's land here, it's not blue, which would be water. Um, you know, I'm going to suggest that the, the well, area that looks like that, a grapevine at the top. Right. So we'll get into that. But, you know, are there vineyards in near Los Angeles to the north? Well, San um, Francisco, certainly. Right. Uh, actually, so, it's kind of in between San Francisco and, and Los Angeles. Right. And these look like, you know, what would come off of an olive branch. So mm -hmm. are there areas where there's olive trees? Are the, you know, this kind of looks like a peach or nectarine. Um, so it may be telling us very specific locations where you can go to engage in this fruit that is unholy. Um, so <clears throat> the other thing that I want to point out is this dark line that the points are distinctly put on this defining dark line. So that's going to tell you that these seven spirits here that are kind of working underneath the four, um, that they are very dark beings. So this is areas where, um, you know, you're going to find beings that are pushing the darkest forms of black magic. Um, so so Jesse, I have to ask you a question and, you know, I'm just going to, I just want to step back for a second and say, okay, so we're looking at this emblem. We picked it out at random. You didn't pre-study right. this. Right. Do we always make the assumption that it's evil? Um, it, it's not always evil. I will put that out there. You know, it tells you who has dominion in that area. So it could be, you could have, you know, you, I'll, I'll just put this out there. Usually the angelic army do not put up emblems to mark their territory. Like okay. they don't want to put their name on a, on a symbol, you know, showing that something is, is their property. Usually you've got, you know, the demonic army who's doing that. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, with this, we can find out, you know, the names of these, um, these seven spirits here, you know, through the book of Solomon, we have number 12, we have number two, Number four, five, seven, nine, and ten. So, you know, let's look up. I usually just use um, Wikipedia 
for this info because it gives you a, a general list. It, it's not gonna tell you exactly, you know, like all the details about that spirit. I would see now it's not even pulling up my general list here. We'll get there. Hold on. Which and we don't need all the details, but to no, pray, but I I kind of wanted to give people just a clue, you know, like yeah, an idea. but well, well, that's what I mean, Jesse. Because to pray, we just want to pray specifically, and if we can yeah, kind of get to that name, right? So here we go. So what did we say? One of them is number two. Okay, so we look at number two. We we realize that's a duke. Now remember, they each have a position. So principalities are the highest. You know, then you're going to have your your dukes, your marquees, your counts, um, your kings, your princes. Um, so, you know, this number two spirit, he's pretty high in rank. He's a duke. Um, you know, it tells you the name of the spirit, Agaras. And, you know, if you click on that, it would tell you a little bit more about him, like what he's known for um, in the occult world. He's under the power of the East. Okay, so that tells you that his commanders are going to be those principalities in the East. So, you know, that's going to be Avedon, Baal, um, and uh, Bephomet. Those are going to be his commanding generals. And, and just for the listening audience, I just want to be really clear here. So we were looking at the California flag emblem and there's the seven dots that go around this line. You'll have to look up the image. It's, it's too much to really describe the entire image at once. But then because of those seven dots and their positions as related to a clock, Jesse typed in the, uh, the keys of Solomon and basically it's the 72 demons. And now she's going through and like the number two demon because we have the number two position on the clock is the one she's just described right so so we can do this for each of these spirits but i'll kind of walk you through like where my mind would go next as i'm fighting in this battle you know what are argus um what are his specialties you know he teaches languages he stops and retrieves runaway people so if if there's a defector in the system he's going to be one of the spirits that's in charge of hauling your butt back um, he causes earthquakes and he grants noble titles. So there's two things here. Like if we're looking at our communities where I'm going to say, okay, what in that city would this spirit have reign over? Um, you know, when we think of languages, the first thing that comes to my mind is schools. Um, and he grants noble, noble titles you know, what buildings or what government agencies grant titles, area titles, where, you know, that's where my mind goes is land titles. So Jeff, what would be, you know, if we're looking for some of those things, what would be some of the, um, well, you know what, it, it's funny when you, when you mention the titles and stuff like that, uh, what really comes to my mind, Jesse is, you know, there's Hollywood. And, you know, one thing that has always been stuck in my mind is, you know, it says like when the stars fell from the sky, which is the, the demons and that they're described as stars. Well, we hold up Hollywood's, we call Hollywood actors stars. 
And I don't think there's a coincidence. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's very important. Um, so, so what I looked up here, that's kind of interesting. Um, Los Angeles lined land title buildings. And look at some of the designs that's coming up. I mean, this is just kind of unique. It looks like, do you know what this looks like? Um, have you ever seen pictures of, um, there's pictures with um, the temple of Baal or, you know, with Molech and you've got this Aztecian type imagery behind it. Um, you know, so it's- And that's, that's the title guarantee and trust building. building. Yeah. That looked like a Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright house that just passed. It did, yeah. I was trying to see if they, they had a specific uh, symbol, but we can see like there was an example here of a building permit. So the building permit has that symbol on it, you know? Um, so I, where is that? That Yes, yeah, so that would be something you could... Uh, you could look, you could go, you could anoint that land, that building um, and say, okay, Lord, you know, if, if this spirit has dominion, I'm rebuking Argus um, rights to this building, this area. If there's anything evil that happens in this place, you know, I, I'm commanding it to stop in Jesus name. I'm giving this land back to you, Lord. And some of these things, you know, we're not going to be taking direct action. You know, we don't know the full story, but, you know, we can ask the Lord to reveal us, reveal it to us and say, okay, Lord, if there is stuff going on here, show me that. Um, we can also, you know, look up the schools. I use a lot of times the emblems or symbols, um, so here, you know, we've got, this just kind of brought us to, they got a well, lot of police department. Oh my department. goodness. Huh. Yeah. And I mean, look at that same member on that title building. Look, this, this looks exactly like that top of that title building. So that's kind of interesting. And that's the LA STD badge. Yeah, it's the Angeles School Police. So the police who are involved with the school system, not the, the oh. city police. We're talking the school system, which, what did we say that spirit had buildings over title, land, languages, and school and languages? So, um, yeah, so it's interesting that we, on that title building, you see something very similar to the police. Um, you know, you also see here four stars, which, you know, how many we talked about in the middle, there were four secondary commanders that are over that spirit. Um, so it gets kind of interesting. You just start to look into stuff and you're like, okay, well, maybe we need to, you know, go deal with the schools, <laughs> you know, anoint the schools in your area um, I was looking here to see if there was any other specific ones, um, that would correlate with it. 
more with that um, spirit number two. But this is kind of where I start, you know, and I start to map out, okay, school, the other things, um, this might not even be specific to him, but um, what was the name? Uh, what was the, oh, I guess I already was past it, that boulevard. Um, a lot of times what you'll find near the schools is um, the you'll see all these community buildings. So you'll have the social services, you'll have, you know, the fire departments, you'll have the hospitals. So I start to look at those things too. And look here, you know, the Los Angeles, California, you've got another emblem here. Um, this is for the that's the seal uh, of the county. Los Angeles County. Yeah, and look, look here, we see the same imagery here of, of that image of that front of that building face that is that was on the school thing on top of yeah. um, the building. So, so you see that a lot of things will start to correlate. Um, you know, so it kind of gets interesting. Um, yeah. So, well, let, let's go to the, the let's go to the next spirit just to see because uh, you know a couple of things with this first one, Jesse was languages and there's many languages in Los Angeles. You know, right? Um, it's really become more predominant Spanish these days, but you know, there's English right. and you know, a couple other things that are going on there. Um, yeah. the, definitely there's earthquakes yeah. in Los Angeles. So, Lots you know, earthquakes, yeah. and then the, the titles and that was really interesting. So we'll go down here. We'll pick, we'll go to number seven and see, um, we'll pick another random one here. So number seven is going to be Marquis Ammon. Um, if people, you know, Ammon is a, is a marquee. So he's going to be higher than that number two. So um, he's a very specific one, you know, that um, he's mentioned a lot in the old Testament. Um, he is considered one of the grand marquees. So when you get into the realm of like, you know, you've got your principalities, you've got your rulers, you've got your authorities, he's going to be in that realm of the highest level of authority so the other authorities are you know like each of those you know departments like when you've got your you've got your generals and you've got the generals that are higher than others so you know out of those nine generals the higher ones are going to be Molech, avidon and ball the other ones you know are also generals but they fall under the rule of those three so, uh, so it's like four-star generals, three-star generals. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Ammon's going to be one of those higher level um, marquees. Um, he's one of the marquees specifically of hell. Uh, that's one of his areas of domain. And he, it says he governs 40 infernal legions. Um, you know, a legion of demons is, you know, in the hundreds. So, He's got, you know, 40 hundred or, you know, 40 groups of a hundred demons that he oversees. So think about that area. Think about domain. 
that's a lot of command in that area of Los Angeles. If he's one of the spirits that's over there, he's going to be one of your main guys. Um, and, and there's seven of them, you know. Right. And so, you know, the Grand Marquis of Hell and the seventh spirit of Geosha, that, so we talked about the black magic and, and you know, I pointed out that those dots were specifically on that black line. So, you know, Geosha magic is one of the darkest forms of black magic. Um, so that, conf you know, some of this stuff confirms that, yeah, you've got this high level marquee and, you know, his specialty is pushing those really, you know, black, black forbidden forms of magic. Um, so, you know, I would say who's going to be running the, the businesses that, you know, the things that are going to cater to those, that darkness, you know, one of the biggest um, strongholds in Los Angeles is, is the, you know, the prostitution, the sexual sins, the sexual immorality, um, you know, so who's going to maybe be over hotels, you know, so let's see if we look up, um, or what would we say? Let's go with the five star. What do you, besides hotel, uh, five star, What's another name for high-level, high-end hotels? Uh, just five-star hotel would do. You know, there's there's actually, a, I believe, a seven-star down there, but it's only one. Oh, well, let's look up that one. We'll, we'll just see what comes up with that if we get one. So the Ritz-Carlton, right? Um, let's look at... We've got that, you see kind of that lion head. Um, let's see if it talks about that, uh, the appearance of um, Ammon. Um, so it's, let's see, usually he has this appearance of a wolf with a serpent's tail, vomiting flames of fire. Um, when they put him in the shape of a man, he usually has dog's teeth. Uh, he also might appear, you know, with the great head of a mighty night hawk. So these are some of the ways that he's described. So as we look at some of these symbols, you know, well, what it, this lion has the tongue sticking out there. Yeah. He's not breathing fire, but. Uh, well, it could be symbolic of it. That's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of look at. I don't think this, let's take out the emblems and symbols here and just see what comes up for regular. Do you remember the name of that hotel? Um, I don't think it was actually the Ritz Carlton. It's uh, Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of research with this, you know, if you, when you're doing this kind of stuff, um, you know, you, you have to really just, as you're searching, you're really in prayer. Um, 
So the Hollywood I think, Hills. I think, I think this one is it actually because it okay. was uh, it was bought by an, a a prince from of Arabia or something like that. You okay. Know? Yeah. Well, so let's look up this Hollywood Hills. Um, So I just see you, you Hollywood know. Hills Hotel. She's putting into Google. Yeah, and then I I go to images a lot to look at um, the pictures. Um, oh, it looks at well. This is interesting. You well, know, that's, that's the, best Western. Yeah, the cappuccino place there looks kind of interesting. Um, yeah, there aren't any really really good pictures here but but it starts to give you an idea like you're looking you know you're looking for similarities <laughs> um when i when i really get into stuff then you know like if i see a symbol or area like i start to map out you know i'll i'll put dots so it's like okay you know where's the area i'm looking at um you know where was the symbol if it was on a business um you know, I'm going to mark that business. Then I'm going to, you know, look for Catholic churches. I'm going to see how far it is from Masonic buildings. Um, how far is it from schools? How far is it from hospitals? Um, all that. Right, so, so Jesse, I, I think I want to start bringing this home. So let's look at one more spirit that's over the Los Angeles area. Okay. And then, and then we'll pray. And then I think I have, I, I think I have some wisdom for the audience. And of course, you can always correct me, Jesse, if I'm off. I'm <laughs> All right. So but I'm not. So another one we're going to have is going to be um, number five. So we would just go here, we would look up. Okay, so number five, he's a, a president. So he's going to be pretty low level. Uh, Marbus is, you know, not going to be one of your high level ones. Um, oh, he has 36 legions of demons. Well, yeah, that's 36 legions, but you got to remember, um, you know, are they commanding commanders or do they just have, you know, soldiers? So that's right. kind of the difference. But here we say, you know, he, he tends, he's, this is going to be one of the tempting spirits that, you know, probably is going to be, you know, in those businesses where, you know, they're trying to draw people in. It says, you know, he's got a very charming character. Um, Gives wisdom and knowledge in mechanical arts. It can change yeah. men into, um, he's a shape-shifting guy. Yeah. Which, so where are we going to look then? Um, this guy probably is going to be involved with those things in the communities if there's vampire activity, um, you know, so nightclubs, the underground nightclubs in Los Angeles, um, he's probably going to be um, overseeing some of those things. So I would start looking um, at the nightclubs. Um, there's a, let me, I do want to give people this resource. So let me quick, I got to look up the link here though. Um, this is a, a really great resource, um, 
for those those nightclub areas in your area um and please i'm i'm just gonna ask don't you know this is going or going out public on our show but don't post this all over the internet because um this is a vital resource and if we um if the enemy knows that we're really starting to use it he's going to um stop us from doing that so um what this is it's the vampire this is the real vampire website net okay so for those listening on podbean vampire website all one word dot net right and how you can kind of utilize this is that it's going to basically you know you can look at the learn about the vampire communities um i wanted to see if they've got that link on here i'm sorry about all the ads there well, um, they've got really groovy fashion jesse yeah right um vampires are in style ask johnny right so what's interesting here is that they do even on their website okay um there's a whole community that are involved in in what's called the vampire masquerade it's like a dungeon and dragon game and so um but it's focused with vampires and it goes beyond you know dungeons and dragons like you're really going to be interacting things out so they give you tools they're telling you here's the top 10 universities if you're a vampire where you can connect to um, a couple of years ago i would have thought this is just nuts jesse honest <laughs> to goodness so you know this is one of the things um i was trying to find i thought they had a link that um there's another one so hold on um one of them has the links um to all of the um Let me see if it will come up. Um, so she just typed in vampire nightclubs in the world into. Yeah, the there's, I'm looking for a very specific website. I'll have to maybe go back and find that. But um, I thought it was off of here that they had a link to it. But basically they've got a, a link that if you can find it, um it literally will take you to this site where you can look by country so like if you're in brazil you can go to brazil then it will list cities you can pick the city and it will tell you all the vampire clubs in that city um and you know tell you those by name so um that's what i was trying to show people um was the link to that site um because then you could like if you're in los angeles um you can maybe let me try this let's see um uh 
Uh, so what I'm typing in is Vampire Underground Nightclub uh, Network um, Locator. Um, <laughs> I'm looking again for that site that I that I'm aware of. Um, it's hard when I, I can't just go straight to it on here for people. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, so you can look up some of those things. Um, you know, it will start to, we'll just go to a random one here. It's not the one I was looking for, but remember I talked about that vampire masquerade game. So if people see that, know that it's it's like Dungeons and Dragons, only it's a live playing, live action role play game. Um, so this is going to be a community where, you know, these nightclubs, they can go to these nightclubs and be engage with other vampires in the area who are in this live playing action role game, but they're li really living as real vampires. Um, so, so Jesse, why is this important this tool, this angle important for the listening audience? Well, when you think about, we talked about those spirits that are doing, you know, that are, they're creating strongholds in those communities. Okay. So now that we know that, um, you know, that, that this, uh, our number five guy, yeah, number five guy, you know, this is kind of his area. So, you know, as we, you know, are praying through this, we realize that wow, look, you know, there's uh, the confession is an underground nightclub. It used to be a former church that was turned into a nightclub in downtown LA. Okay. So when we locate these places, um, we can go, we can anoint that ground and we can say, okay, Lord, you know, we don't want this vampirism in our communities. We want this area you know, restore this back to a church where it's preaching the gospel. You know, Lord, we're asking you to tear down this stronghold of vampirism over Los Angeles, um, mm. you know, and, and we're taking this back. So, you know, here it gives four, you've got the asylum, confession, ASP hole, um, Vesuvius, uh, or I guess there's a fifth glaze. Um, this is one that's in Chinatown. So go walk Chinatown, know that in Chinatown, there's an underground vampire nightclub going on. Um, and, and so if you live in Los Angeles, you might want to go for a drive sometime. Right. And, and bring that anointing oil. And, and even it gives you specifics. So this gives us direction. You know, the, the thing to remember is you're getting direction to pray. Okay. So, you know, as I'm looking at this, you know, I know now the commanding um, spirit that is overseeing these things. So I bind that spirit, I rebuke them. But now by looking up, digging and researching into these things, it gives me specific direction for prayer. So as I look at this Vesuvius, you know, it's Holly, it's a Hollywood based nightclub. This is probably going to be an underground vampire nightclub where a lot of the vampires that are in Hollywood go. And we get a specific name here. It's owned by Torador. Um, she's a stripper from Velvet Velour. Okay. Velvet and 
from Elysium. Elysium is a huge, huge vampire owned, um, you know, we'll just say it's, it's a, people need to pray over Elysium. Um, you know, it's, it's another nightclub, but, um, so now though, as we're praying, we, if you're in that Los Angeles community, you now have a name, Torador. Um, that's the person who owns this nightclub that allows vampires and this stuff to go on. They're probably a vampire themselves. Now you can pray specifically for that person's deliverance, salvation. Um, you know, so that's how we can use some of this stuff. And, you know, as we anoint that um, land, you know, we're, we're fighting the strongholds for the release of the captives, for their salvation, for things to be returned back to God. So we get specifics through this, you know, Chinatown gives us a specific area or location to pray over. Um, it also tells us, guess what, folks, if you're near Chinatown, there's a lot of vampirism going on in Chinatown. Um, you know, this one, uh, the asylum, again, we've got an, a name and, and kind of what they're doing. So I'll kind of tell you in the vampire world, um, the regent lords and ladies, they will always have lord or lady with their name. And, and if you see a lord or a lady and their name, you know that that's one of the vampire regent lords. So that means they're overseeing that region area. A baroness is going to fall underneath the lord and the lady. So this person, Santa Monica, she's pretty high level. Uh, she's a high level vampire. This is not just a, you know, a fun lifestyle choice that she's checking out. Um, this woman is going to be deeply connected with those spirits. She's going to be deeply involved in vampirism. And, um, you know, one of the main individuals running the vampirism in that area. So um, again, you know, with this one, you've got that connection to Elysium. Um, that is a major vampire stronghold in California and the world. Um, you know, it's like the, it would kind of be like the castle, you know, in the old days you have the castle and then, you know, on that land, you would have people who would build different houses, you know, that would eventually become towns or businesses, but they're all under the lordship of that castle. So Elysium is, is like one of those castles. All of these other underground clubs are going to fall under that headship or lordship of Elysium. So this is fantastic, Jesse. Um, why, why don't you unshare the screen and we can, we'll wrap up a little bit here. Uh, this is a few things I want to say and cover off with, with people. Yeah. And, and, and I also want to read something in the chat because some right before we started, someone had mentioned that you said you should, we should not be looking at the keys of Solomon. Um, that's as in the book itself. I don't encourage people to go buy the, you know, the grimoire, the keys of Solomon. Um, that's going to be an actual satanic book. That's going to have 
you know, black magic, um, with, you know, you open that book and buy it. You're, I mean, you can pray, you, you could anoint it. I mean, you can cast and rebuke the spirits out and then it has don't no touch, power. Don't touch your heart, but I, I don't encourage people to buy it. You know, I've given you the direct, um, you know, the easy route is you just simply go to the, you know, keys of Solomon in, in Wikipedia. And it just, you know, all you really want to know is if you're praying specifically interceding and you want to know those demonic names to cast them and bind them by name this gives you their names and it tells you you know why i use this like i said is because as you click on those and you find out about that spirit it it helps direct you to the strongholds where those spirits are going to have control over those communities you know so um that's the knowledge that it gives us that we're wanting because it equips us you know as prayer warriors to engage in the warfare with understanding you know we how many of you would have looked at you know the vampire strongholds in your communities um you know or even known where to go to find that information um you know or you know that there's dark magic going on in your community you know these things they they plainly tell you know not every city emblem you look at is going to have that dark ring with the dots around it so you know if you're if you're a high level witch or warlock entering into that city you know they're going to know in los angeles they can partake in the dark arts as dark as they want to get there's seven spirits that are going to cater to them and you know you look at the seven deadly sins. So, you know, that's going to tell you that that city is going to cater to the darkest of dark, black magic stuff, ritual stuff you want to get into. And it sure in does. That city. Yeah. It's all available. It's all there. If you go to another city, you don't see that dark ring with the dark points. So you're going to know, eh, they probably don't have what I want, you know, as a vampire, the opportunities are not going to be as good in this city as it is in Los Angeles. So, you know, that's how the occultic people are reading these things. So I, I guess at the end of the day, um, because when it, when it did the show and he showed that really decipher, it was a very complicated drawing. Mm-hmm. Look, people, this is going to take some practice. Yeah. This going to take, but here's the thing. You don't need to look at every city around the world you need to look at your community. God has you in your community for a reason. And okay, maybe you're out in the middle of nowhere. What's the closest city to you? Yeah, exactly. And as you map that out, you know, um, you know, we're looking up the demonic names that go with those points, but now, now put that on it, take a map of Los Angeles and put that emblem over the map And it would be curious to see, you know, where do those points fall exactly on the map and where those points fall? Is there a hotel? Is there a witchcraft paraphernalia store? Um, Is there a cannibal restaurant? Um, You know, what (laughs) is that point that lines up on the map? Um, Because that's, 
that's going to tell you a whole bunch of information. That's going to be the central point that everything is going to revolve around in that city. But, but in, in your particular city, you know where a lot of buildings are and things like that. So you have a head start and the best place to practice is at home. Right, exactly. Right? And uh, you know, use your familiarity and look, it's gonna take some practice and we're gonna do more of this going forward because I think it's the practical application. Actually, maybe on Tuesday, Jesse, we'll pick another area, except this yeah. time we'll prepare a little bit for it. and. Uh, won't pull it on you as a surprise but I just wanted to people to know look it's not that difficult you, and you no. can start to pray but start to think about these things and and we're not taking your eyes off of Jesus you're actually keeping your eyes on Jesus and you're actually going to battle the way he's instructed us to go to battle we're supposed to know the enemy's plans we're right. supposed to know this and he created us to steward this earth so if you're going to steward this earth, you got to start taking land back. We have to go to war. Right. Yeah. And it's very effective, you know. Um, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep looking into it, give people practice, um, you know, so that you, once you really understand how it's working, you know, you don't even need to look up these stuff. You know, do we have to know the demon's name? to cast it out of that area, we don't. We, you know, we just have to say evil spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm rebuking you, I'm casting you out. Um, you know, and just anoint the lands. But what this is, what we're trying to teach you is, is the reality of the spirit world, that this is really what is happening. These are real beings that are, you know, like people that manifest in the physical world. These are real beings that are in your area manifesting and, and running and controlling things. So it just kind of shows you the reality um, of the spirit world and what's happening there. So that's why I'm going through the long process of this instead of just saying, you know, people just walk your town, just anoint everything and just rebuke all the spirits and claim the land back. You know, I want people to understand what is happening behind the scenes and then the power that we have in Christ that, you know, there's, there's not a specific method or methodology or anything that we have to do other than rebuke and bind, you know. Although Jesse, what I really like about what you've been revealing here is I like, well, you know me, I, I like to be very specific when I pray. Yeah, I do as well. Because and so, the, to me, when I can be as specific as possible, I can measure results. Right. Absolutely. Very true. Right. And yep. so I can give God the credit when He answers that prayer. Yeah. And so, in that, you know, Jeff, let me let me quick go there because as you pray, you know, um, let's just take one second because this is kind of go right along with how you want to specifically pray. What was I looking for first? Um, all right. So if you can just write down the numbers here, we have number, we'll go two, yep. four, five, seven, nine, 10, and 12. Got it. 
Okay, so as we look those up now, um, so the Duke, this is important. So the Duke is Arg um, Agaras. That's so we number had two. two. Yep. Marquis is Sam Minji. Um, I just called him always Sammy, but um, just put it's S A M I G I N A. Um, after four, what number did we have? We had five. five. Uh, so he's a president, Marbus. Okay. We have another marquee uh, that is of higher level, number seven, uh, Ammon. Okay. And what did we have after seven? We uh, have nine, ten, ten and nine. twelve. Okay, so we've got King. Uh, Payman. King Payman. Yep. It's nine. Y yep. And then we've got a president, Burar, B U E R. Okay. And last one is and 12. 12 is a prince, Citri. Okay. Yep. So we see their order too, you know, you, you know that the marquees are gonna be higher than the Duke or the presidents. Um, King is, he's gonna be one of the major players. So, you know, it kind of starts to outline if you write those things down, you can outline the power structure um, in that city. So, you know, which um, demons are of higher rank so the ones that we're really going to be targeting in prayer that are of the highest rank are going to be King Payman, uh, number nine, and uh, number seven, Marquis Ammon, are going to be the highest two in that area. So we're going to bind them. We're going to say that they have no more power over that area. Yep. And because their power is vanquished, Gavin Newsom can be recalled. Like right away. <laughs> come on, I want to see some good stuff come out of this. All right, let, let's be specific, you know, and 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 you can take away, you know, it's it's taking away their footholds too. You know, we know that some of these smaller demons that, you know, with the language, so you know, what are they doing with uh, you know. Um, individuals who may be coming in as immigrants in that country, um, you know, so we can take away that, that power structure that, you know, no longer do they have rule over the schools, over the, any immigration, anything dealing with children coming in or being trafficked in from other countries. Um, you know, we're taking away that dominion and we are reclaiming that for Christ that, you know, this city, the schools, um, you know, the land, you know, they're running the ownership of the land, you know, now these titles are no longer, you know, the power or the ownership of these titles, it, the deed, the person behind it lending that land is not these spirits, it's Jesus Christ. We're taking that land back. You know, Jesus Christ owns the land and he gives it out to the people who are going to steward and manage it. 
as godly stewards and godliness, no longer is that land going to be lent out to businesses that are going to be bringing forth sin and, you know, lust, crime, sexual immorality, vampirism, cannibalism, you know, we're taking that dominion out of their hand and Lord, you know, we're tearing down these strongholds, ripping them forcefully out of the hands of these spirits. You know, it's not yours. It's mine. This is what I'm decreeing as a priest of the Lord most high, as a child of God, I'm decreeing now that this land of Los Angeles, it will be safe place for children. Um, you know, no more sexual immorality, you know, I mean, we can be very specific with this. Mm -hmm. So go, um, go, you, you get to now impromptu pray all this with well, now, I, all the knowledge you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I was praying along with you right there. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought you were praying. So <laughs> I was praying along, but I want to add to it. And, and I will call out this. I will call out Argus and Sam and Gaia and uh, the president Marquise and Ammon and King Ra Rageman and President Boer and Citri. Yeah. So, and I also claim that the land of illusion is gone, mm -hmm. that their spell on the world has no power anymore, that the illusion, it'll be like the curtain will be pulled back because the evil illusion is no longer there. And, yeah. and Father, I pray for heavenly entertainment i pray for good stories to now come out and and still use brilliant people god to to put together good product but i pray that it lifts up your name and it tells specific historic stories and i think of even the immortals god uh, because that now becomes a bit more of a historical document of what has happened and brought us to this time but we do claim those schools. We bind these spirits and we take back the land and we take it back by force of your name, Jesus Christ. We don't have the power on our own, but you do. And we take back that land. And Father, that land means a lot to me because that's the place where I was born. So I'm claiming that land back. I'm claiming back the land that even my ancestors did damage, significant damage in that area. I bind that, we trash it. It's going to be bound and thrown into the pit, Father God. We're taking it back. There's a worldwide move of stewardship coming up, and we're finally going to step up as saints and do what you called us to do. So we pray this only in the one name above all names. You are the Lord of Lord, and you are the King of Kings. You are the Lamb of God. You are the morning star and your blood covers everything. You are God and your name is Jesus Christ. So we pray in your name, let it be so. Yeah, let me add, cause you said something kind of important there that, um, you know, um, Lord, we bring before you the charm of Marbus, Lord, um, that he's put over that area that has led people to fall into this illusion and, and delusions. Lord, of um, things being good and enjoyable and, and that uh, charm of pleasure, self, 
the love of pleasure, self, and money, Father God. And we bring that before you. We ask that you would break that charm, Lord God. We ask that you would open up the eyes of everybody who comes in that area, that they would see the evil, the wickedness, the, you know, the sin for what it is and no longer believe the liar delusions or illusions of Marvis, Lord, um, that they would no longer be charmed into this evil in your powerful name, Lord. We ask that you would release the captives from that area mm. and that they would come out with songs of joy and be led forth with peace um, as they come up and claim their inheritance in this land. We ask that in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. And Jesse, listen, and this is going to be really exciting because we've been talking about stewardship a lot. We have our course yeah. coming out and stuff like that. It's pretty much done. Uh, actually, uh, we just got to do a wrap up thing so we can launch it. I'm just building the website um, now. But Jesse, because we're talking about stewardship and this prayer, we just prayed for the Los Angeles area. Now, real estate in Los Angeles is ridiculous. Taxes are ridiculous. People are moving out of there like crazy and they're smart to do it right now. Right. But Jesse, I'm going to tell you, with all that evil falling down because of these prayers, real estate prices are going to come down and the righteous, listen, the Holy Spirit is our unfair advantage over the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? And we're not, we're not praying for bad things to happen to good people. And we're not praying for bad things to happen to bad people. We're just saying these spiritual strongholds need to go. And if they go, so do some of the bad people. And a lot of bad people own some really good stuff down there. Right. <laughs> like well, some well, they're just land. giving it. Yeah. They're, you know, mammon's sitting down there just, you know, soaking up all the greed, lust, all the, you know, he's just indulging and feasting on those deadly sins that are all happening there. So Malibu? affordable soon <laughs> <laughs> i wait for that day no. <laughs> though knowing things that might happen i don't know if i want the beachfront property you know yeah, no no <laughs> next state over <laughs> I, I wouldn't go back to california at this point although san diego is very appealing to me Maybe too and sunny like every day <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh anyways no not going back to california Anyways, any final comments, Jesse? I think this was so helpful today. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And I think, you know, just be encouraged. We're going to keep walking people through this process. Um, I will put out there, you know, if you're, I understand people want help and I'm trying to help as many individuals as I can, but I really can't, um, I don't have the time or the energy right now. And it's not my calling in this war to, help each individual map out their areas. I know people want to have understanding. They, they have questions they want to ask. So I'm going to try to do stuff here. You know, Jeff and I are going to try to bring it forward, you know, and write on radio and our shows and help you understand how to apply it. And that way I'm talking to more than, you know, otherwise I, I'm kind of stuck where, you know, I've got over 200 people contacting me all wanting me to decode their city emblems and tell them what strongholds are there and how they can pray. I don't have time to address each of you individually. So know that I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to 
avoid things. We're going to try to make it so we can speak to the masses at one time and really teach you guys how to do this. So just stay tuned to this show. Don't get offended if I don't personally respond to you. Know that I've got so many people contacting me. It's at this point, it's just not possible for me to do that. So Jesse, may I suggest something? Yeah. So we have an army and right. you know, you're, you're kind of in charge of the prayer side of the army, right? Right, absolutely. So perhaps you'll disciple some of the top captains in there, in this, and then they can roll it out. It seems to be a model that Jesus used. So I would say that's effective. By the way, we're not recruiting this week. (laughs) I've I've already got some emails to send Terry from last week, but we're so close to having our processes up so we don't have to do this manual stuff as much. And so um, please don't, I'm not, I'm asking you, see, Terry, I love you. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're not recruiting for that. But why don't we do this? We could say, if you are already in the SOS Army, you've been contacted by the commanders, you're part of the teams. If you are interested in, you know, learning how to do this more and helping individuals map out, research their communities, um, you know, why don't you reach out and let Jeff and I know and maybe we can get a special group together and do a training session and get a group focused on helping with this. Yeah. That, that's a great idea. Yeah. And speaking okay. of which, is, uh, you know, I may as well say it on the show because I know a lot of our uh, captains and that are listening, but I would like to have a uh, webinar uh, meeting with the captains Wednesday night. So uh, I'm going to ask Sarah to reach out to everyone in a, in an email and I would like to address some specific stuff because we're so close that's uh we're we're rolling things out and you know listen we're we want to do this right if we're building an army we're, we're building it right we're working hard behind the scenes we have so many people that are so super talented working behind the scenes so believe me there will be some direct leadership helping you no matter which area you fall into and uh, and there's a lot of areas like just people who just do social shares, right? You know, right. Um, but but we're gonna we're gonna actually give orders, <laughs> you know. That's right. That's what you do in an army, and so we appreciate you being part of the team. Um, yeah, I guess I don't have any other announcements other than that. Yeah. Uh, we'll Great we'll show. talk about probably probably next week. We'll launch the uh, the school and stuff like that. So we'll do a whole talk on that. Uh, there was a bit of a problem there, but I'll talk to you later about that, Jesse. Some videos disappeared. Imagine that. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I just told you, so we need prayer. It wasn't the super long one. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad it wasn't that one. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, thank you for listening to Ride On Radio. We really appreciate you. We love you. We do pray for you constantly. Uh, and we, we really do care for you. We care for each one that God gives us for this show. And uh, well, what can I say? We're, we're humbled that you spend this time with us. So thank you. And it, by the way, if you want to support the show, uh, we're still running the support, the Patreon thing. Uh, it's access on Podbean, but the link is in the description. And by the way, I know I said this last week, but YouTube actually gives their analytics and they are not letting people see these videos. 
Yeah. Like honestly, they, they you know thousands come to the videos. They show it to hundreds. Like a hundred people will see this video who aren't subscribed, and a lot of people who are subscribed are saying they're not. Uh, seeing it as well so make sure you subscribe to us on, you know if you're watching on youtube subscribe here hit the notification bell but also go to the web page on podbean get the podbean app because we do some podbean exclusive stuff there and that's where the patron uh is as well if you want to jump in and, and support the show it'd be very much appreciated amen <laughs> amen and don't forget buy jesse's book it's available on amazon super powerful his kingdom comes in power so thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesse. And we will see you on Tuesday. Sounds good. I'll see so you then. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right on radio. Right on radio.